Hey folks, Frank here. This is the second episode we did on the Dark Crystal. This one is on the Dark Crystal, the Age of Resistance, the Netflix series that was produced in 2019. Uh, this particular episode is episode 121 and was originally released on November 23rd, 2019. Uh, I did forget to mention last episode what the episode number was for that throwback episode on the Dark Crystal, and that episode number was 119. I may go back and re-record that intro at some point, but for now, if you've listened to both of them back-to-back, there was an episode between the two. Um, It's not something we're going to re-release. Now, as most of our throwback episodes, I've got out the skit of this one, um, although it was actually kind of humorous. Uh, I do leave in uh, the lengthy amount of banner that we have at the beginning of this episode. We, we kind of get off the rails a little bit, talk about Star Wars and, and Disney Plus, because this is the year that Disney Plus launched, and we had just, uh, me and my partner at the time had just subscribed to it, and uh, John was very adamantly not subscribing to it. And he's still not subscribed to it, though he has had access to it uh, a few times throughout the past. Um. Having re-listened to this episode, I must first say that I really enjoyed The Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance, as did John. I'm also incredibly heartbroken that as as of right now, it's not likely to get any kind of follow-up seasons, which is sad. If you've watched the series, it ends in kind of a cliffhanger. Um, If you haven't watched it, I implore you to go check it out. Give it a watch. Give the original film a watch. Both are fantastic. It really builds out the lore of the Dark Crystal, and it, they bring Brian Frouds, he was the original, uh, one of the original creators that sort of designed a lot of the uh, creatures and stuff. They bring him back, uh, his son back, to do a lot of work on it, but we talk about that in the episode. Anyway, enjoy. All right, we are back, and I am Frank, and with me as always is a spooky ghost. It's John, because I'm dead in the skit. (laughs) So, folks, that's the joke. We have we have been on hiatus for the last uh, month, basically. Um, Not quite a month. It's been what. Almost a month. <laughs> yeah, you know, if by I would, the, by the time this actually releases, it'll be a month. <laughs> yeah, if I was uh, less good at bleeding or better at dying, uh, we we probably would have been back sooner. Well, one of those scenes is true. <laughs> Entirely possible. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're back, and we will. Uh, John has much to say about his uh, surgery that he went in for uh, the end of October. But, but I'm going to save that for next time. We're going to get into gonna, it next time because yeah. it's what's interesting episode. And so uh, and yeah. so then we'll do the, the Adventures of Chemical Shitstorm. We'll do an Adventures um, of Chemical Shitstorm. That being said, we do have an or announcement. Or the man who's bad at dying, dying, dying. The, we do have an announcement to make. Uh, we have a Discord. Yes, we do. It's uh, not super active at the moment. Well, I think there's five there's, people and yeah. three of them are me. 
Yes. Um, uh, there are there are there are a few folks on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, if you want to join the Discord, we will have links provided. Uh, there's actually one I think up on the Twitter already. Uh, I haven't added one for the Facebook page. Um, I guess I should go in a Tumblr and actually do something with it. Yeah. So, but if you'd like to join the Discord, John will be on uh, fairly frequently because he loves Discord. Uh, well, and it's set up to uh, ping to my phone. So if it shows up, it's like ping, and I'm like, oh, look, somebody's on the Discord. And I'll be like, what's up, honky? Yeah. And so I do not have that going on because I have, uh, I use my phone for my job quite a bit. And Ooh. that would, that would be Mr. Necessary... Fancy has a job. <laughs> That would be an unnecessary. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to have a job to because uh, I would actually would I wouldn't mind doing the whole podcasting thing full time if I had my druthers. But that is wink that, wink listeners is, wink wink. <laughs> well, that 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 is a uh, pipe dream, and uh, only a handful of people with really fancy studios and uh, professional voice can do that. <laughs> I I am a realist. And so this is uh, this is what it is. I still love it, so we still do it. John apparently this still going along with it. Anyway, I may cut some of this out, but anyway, yeah. I, I love. Have, you know, I, I I really like doing this. I really so. like it. Like I I choose what I consume media wise. Like there's times like, ooh, I should rewatch this. I'm like, oh wait, no, I need to see what we're doing next on the podcast. Yes. Oh, okay. You figure that out first. We're not we're not quite as rigorous. We've stopped being quite so rigorous because the schedule was really weighing down on me. Like well, we're going to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Now we're we're being a little bit more picky and choosy, especially with uh, everything leaving, all the Marvel stuff leaving Netflix. Uh, yeah, and my refusal to buy Disney Plus. Yes, and his refusal to buy Disney Plus, which I have enjoyed uh, some of the Rebels uh, series. That was fun. You know. I will admit when I when I was told that like I think it was like Darkwing Duck and uh, Gargoyles were on their day one. Yeah. Had I money, I'd have been tempted because yeah. there are like there are some of those shows from my childhood that I'm like you know I kind of want to rewatch them so that I can hate them. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's fun. Uh, my lady has been watching the X Men cartoon from the nineties. Uh, yeah, that one. Which, which is fun. It's it's a fun cartoon, really well done. Even, I mean, especially for. I think. Well, let me get into this. I'm getting, I'm getting into unnecessary distractions. Really well done cartoon. Um, yeah. I myself have sampled the Rebels cartoon that was on uh, for four years, and it was on Netflix, but I just never had time to. To take it, I watch it instead of YouTube while I'm playing video games. Uh, yeah. that, that, was that, that was one. That was one that was I was half curious about, but then I thought back on my experience with uh, the Clone Wars, and I was like, eh, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, it's a it's a little bit different. It, it's the same art style, but it's got a different feel than the Clone Wars does. Yeah, so. no, well, it, it was it was more the fact that I made it like I think two or three. Clone Wars is one of the first TV series that I've just that I've uh, that I've just given up on. Yeah, like I mean, there may be there may be a few there may be like a few uh, maybe uh, a few others, but a lot of those are ones that I'm eventually going to get back to. I'm not going to yeah. watch Clone Wars if I need to know the relevant uh, geek stuff. I will look at Wikipedia. That's fair. 
that's fair. John is not a fan of the Star Wars very much. Eh. Depending on what it is. Depends on what it is. It depends on what it is. And I think I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of oversaturation of Star Wars. That's fair. That's fair. There's just, there's so goddamn much of it. Like they had to, to cut 90% out in order to move forward as a franchise. That's, that's how much bullshit there is in Star Wars. Well, um, I, we, one of these days we do, we'll do an episode on this and I will talk about it. I'll talk about my experiences a little bit more, mm-hmm. but, uh, and it will be called John hates what you love Star Wars. Yes. But anyway, today we are talking about the dark crystal, the Yay! age of resistance, which yes, we, uh, both watched. Well, John has watched it twice as is his, mm-hmm. as is his custom. I watched mm-hmm. it once and, uh, in like two weeks I'll have forgotten half of what, what we were talking what we talk about today. Yeah. Well, that's why we can go back and listen to these so we could remember back when we had opinions. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um so, uh as per usual, we we're going to touch on the plot points. Man, there's uh, there I tried to pare this down. I I I I've been trying to it's, keep It's it's it is it, rough. I mean, I I think with a lot of the the, the plot points we may just kind of need to brush over them because there's just so it yeah. it is a it is a clockwork machine of a plot. There's there's a lot going like, on it in this is, series. Yeah, there's a lot of especially at the very beginning. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, when things yeah, start well, coming it, together, things and and to be honest, I think they all move really sm- like it moves real sl- smoothly. Yeah, there were. That's like, one it, thing I have to give this series credit for. The pacing is pretty pretty on. Point yeah, for the like most the, part. the pace the pacing's good. Um, none of like and and all of the plot stuff. No matter how much you're being hit with it. Yeah, it all makes sense. Like they explain it just enough for you to understand, while still leaving like like. But it's like almost Spartan. Like this is the amount that you need to understand, and they rely almost more on visual storytelling than they do on verbal storytelling, mm. which is fantastic when you have a series this fuck off pretty. Yeah, and this and this is uh, kudos to the the creators of this. I mean, they brought the oh, uh, yeah. Brian oh. Froud, Froud son and Brian Froud back they uh, to create this. So, this original some of the original creators from the original film are back working on this. Uh, oh, this it, it, it is series is astounding. It is easy. It, it like uh, you you almost get the feeling that this is what um, Jim Henson would have wanted. Yeah. Because it is so good. I would say it is so pretty. The puppetry uh, is so just masterful. Like it, it between, is truly masterful puppeteering. Between between this between this and stop motion, that's like my two favorite types of animation. Yeah. And I consider this kind of a animation. It's sort of a a half between animation and live action because there's some live action stuff going on in moments, just like there was in the film. Um, yeah, because the hunters clearly just a, a dude with the with the puppetry, you know, headset yeah. and stuff. Well, I think th- there's but, there's a number of the costumes that are that are uh, uh, puppets, and I, I think it yeah. is it is this is a this is live action puppets. The but I wouldn't. I think you can avoid. You can. I I, I support you on the the non live action because there is not a single human to be seen. Yeah, that's well. I'm not which yeah, is wonderful, I'm and to, I love it. Trying to, I'm just trying to say, like that between this and stop motion, like yeah. this is my these these are some of my favorite forms of like 
animated like visual uh stuff yeah. uh and so it's it's a lot of fun it's just just watching it is a lot of fun now that being said uh let's get into the plot points and we'll 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 com- we'll throw commentary and stuff out as we go uh we're going to glo- yeah. gloss over a lot of this stuff real quick so but when we when John feels the need or I feel the need to add more commentary to stu- mm-hmm. something we, we we will interrupt and whatnot. So yeah. the start off with we were introduced to the world of Thra. Uh it's composed of several races of which the Gelflings are kind of the principal race. They yeah. have been divided uh, into they're a sort of the top of the the top they're the top of the pot. They are the top they're, there are seven clans of Gelfling. They rule they kind of live all over the world world. And they're ruled over Which is Larry, Curly, Moe. Uh, they're ruled uh, over by the Skeksis. Jordan, Doug. Who are a um, bird slash lizard slash dragon race oh. of people. <laughs> I know it's technically an observation, but I don't want to forget it, and I very okay, well might. Okay, go ahead and throw it out. Um, I, I noticed something in the second uh, watch through. Uh-huh. The Skeksis... Are the only things that are reptilian or bird-like in the entire world. Everything huh. else is either mammalian or insectoid, huh. or some combination of the two. Like whenever, because whenever you see like, oh look, it's got to be like a bat or something because it's furry, but it's like it's a moth, it's a, it's a whatever. Everything is mammals and bugs. Huh. There are no lizards. There are no. There are no reptiles. There are no uh, birds. Interesting. I had not noticed that. I don't yeah, know if I would except have for the Skeksis. The Skeksis are the only thing that is reptilian or or bird-like in the entire in the entire world. Hmm. So Thra is is controlled there's a a crystal at the heart of Thra that sort of is its its the life crystal force. of truth. And uh the Skeksis have controlled and ruled over the crystal of truth for for millennia at this point. Comes to find out they have corrupted the crystal. Yeah. Because the, because they, they, they kind of broke it. <laughs> early yeah. on <laughs> and they, they were uh, like well we already broke it and so now we've been they've been draining it of its power to keep themselves alive for the last they're assholes. many centuries and it's to the point now where it's not really working anymore like it should so the emperor of the skeksis in the, in the world of thra basically tasks the scientist to figure out a solution to the problems played by and, mark hamill yes the scientist is voiced by mark hamill oh and so good. who's Fantastic. Basically, he's the Joker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he, it's it's close. Like, if you have it pointed out to you, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, because no, I, I, I didn't yeah. until after I watched the series. And then I watched mm. a clip and was like, oh, okay. That well, I, I, I think it has the same, like, the same cadence. But for me, I don't see a lot of the same. But because that's, that's one of the voices Mark does. Yes, for me, is is like the, the Joker voice is just one of his voices, yeah. and that one it was changed enough for me that I didn't, I didn't, it didn't. Well, well, like like I said, I didn't, I didn't catch it until it was pointed out. Yeah, uh, makes on sense. A YouTube video actually. Um, yeah. So, so you're welcome, you're welcome, listeners, for uh, us spoiling that for you. Um, uh. So the the scientist figures come, his solution he comes up with is that he can uh, use the dark crystal, the crystal of truth to suck the life force out of Gelflings and turn it into a sweet, sweet nectar that they can then drink and will rejuvenate them. Uh, the only problem is Ryan, a guard, uh, one of the Gelfling guards at the, at the castle, 
sees them do this to his girlfriend, and naturally being horrified, he escapes the castle and uh, decides to go tell everyone, hey, these guys are evil motherfuckers. Um, Meanwhile, these are the three main Gelfling characters, Brea, the daughter of the Almadra, who's the chief ruler of the Gelfling. Who are a matriarchy, very interestingly. Yes, which is kind of cool. It's very cool. Uh, she begins to question the morality of the Skeksis in the, the ruling class when the Skeksis basically force a farm woman to give up a, a heirloom that was passed down through her family. And it turns out her mom is given it the, the necklace later. And so Brea is like, well, that's a shitty thing to do. You could just give it back to her if that's the case. I'll give it back to her instead. She returns the necklace, kind of calls her mom out on the, on the bullshit, and then she has a vision of a symbol. She tries to discover the meaning of the symbol by going to a, a, some of the leaders of another Gelfling clan. They're a sea, they're kind of like seafarers and gypsies. Yeah, they're actually it's really kind of cool. I wanted to see more of them. Yeah. Uh, oh. I think what are they? The seafarer. I love the I love the guy. Is that the, the, is that the, the name of the clan? Was it, I love the elder? Um, yeah. play, as as played by Eddie Izzard. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I recognized his voice too, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? And then when yeah. I looked it up, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're um, like, it, it. There's a lot of good voices in here. Yeah, we're we're not gonna we we rarely are able to call everybody out who who works on stuff yeah. just because we lose track of. Yeah, but I think we should just call out the ones that we really really loved and remember. Yeah, I mean they were all fantastic. They're all amazing. That's the first yeah. thing is they are all amazing. Yeah, but she's thwarted about when she tries to find out the symbol, she's kind of thwarted and then she's told to basically forget it. Also, uh, Deet, a Gelfling of the Groton clan who lived deep underground, she, while out, you know, exploring and adventuring, is attacked by uh, what is normally a docile sort of almost a cattle like creature that they they heard. Uh, She's attacked by it. She escapes uh, into the cavern of the world tree. And the tree tells her, hey, uh, there's this shit going on called the darkening and it's poisoning things and making things mean and crazy. You need to go tell someone about this. Uh, You need to do something about it. And so she basically leaves the caverns of Grot to go talk to the Almadra and say, hey, there's some bad shit going on. Um, And of course, it turns out the emperor is using the darkening to control creatures and destroy creatures and he's help him prolong well, his he, life even though it's corrupting him ba- well basically he's trying he's trying to use the the corrupting because I, I i got the i got the uh direct uh in uh impression with the emperor that as he was using the darkening is that he was looking at it and going like this is like look at this incredible power and he hadn't quite figured out how to fucking use it yet yeah that's kind of what I got, and that, that it was just him interacting with it at all that was starting to degrade his body. Yes, that it wasn't actually anything to do with it, it like increasing his life, because that's because the darkening would be entirely incapable of that. No, that that makes sense, um, but he, I don't think he realizes it yet. Yeah, I I think that's where he's yeah, at. Yeah, no, I mean, like basically, I'm just saying that he that basically my point was is that I don't think he was using it for. For things specifically, he's just like, I need to know what, how to use this. This is so powerful. I need to be able to do this. Yeah. But he's not actually, but he doesn't have any idea what the fuck to do with it yet. Uh, when Deet first gets to the surface, she does meet up with uh, our fourth character, 
a podling named Hup, who is oh, aspiring to become that. a paladin, which are the not the holy order of knights uh, that are popular in Dun- Dungeons and Dragons, but instead yeah. uh, knights of the Gelfling. Yeah, the the protectors of the uh, the Madra, the, the all Madra. Yes. He wants to be a paladin. Um, so him, him and Deet join up, and they they travel around and are rejected, and they have adventures. Uh, I don't want to go too deep. And we love them. We go too deep into it. Yeah. Agra, who is basically Thra. Uh, well, yeah, well, we don't like we we know uh, Agra from the from the last. We do. Um, uh, the last episode, like it, it's the same character. Like she is, she's sort of like like her, the crystal, and Thra, the planet, are all sort of connected and they are like they're different but they're the same they're sort of like the trinity um, uh in yeah it's like a trinity thing they're like a trinity thing she's um, she's the personification of the planet the, the planet is the planet in the in the <laughs> she's she's <laughs> we're gonna think of her as i was just gonna say like she's, she's, she's the jesus actually comes comes to point like later on in the episode later on in the series yeah even even like the why have you forsaken me like she even has like a why have you forsaken me moment um, that, that makes me so happy. So Agra wakens up. She's been asleep for centuries, uh, kind of exploring the... Holy yeah. shit, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Agra is Jesus. <laughs> the, uh, John had an epiphany. So she she wakes up after centuries of being asleep, um, and she's lost her connection to Thra. She does discover what the Skeksis are doing to the crystal, and seeking a way to connect again, the archer, who's one of the mystics, the first mystic we see, tells her that she needs to commune with the world tree to awaken and she does and it works and she opens up her third eye and then she's connected with Ra again uh while all that's going on ryan tries to convince the people of what the skeksis have been doing with to the gelflings but the the skeksis have sort of poisoned the well they they've told other gelflings that he's mad and that they will contract his madness if they if they dream fast with him um, yeah. He does. He's able to convince a few people, and as he convinces more and more people, uh, he slowly builds support. Mm-hmm. The Skeksis realizing that it's just a matter of time before Ryan convinces enough people in, in positions of power that they he need to be stopped. They they summon the hunter, who is uh, probably the bad most badass Skeksis who ever lived, uh, to go hunt Ryan down and kill him. Uh, he's able to escape the hunter's initial attack with his father's help, who who ends up dying in the process. Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad, and it's pretty. Yeah. It's also incredibly badass. Like that whole scene was really it's true. awesome. It's true. Uh, I mean, hot damn, the hunter is just is just terrifying. He is ugly. Like all, all the all the Skeksis are going to give children nightmares. Let's let's just let's just be clear. Here. Yes, they are. They are like such that they are going to scare children. Yes. Like the hunter, the hunter legitimately intimidates me as a grown ass man who knows who knows he's fictional. Yes. Um, like he's <laughs> you're like me. You know, if any of these characters were to find a way to like cross the plains because you know he wanted like your teeth yeah. as a trophy, um, it would be him. Yeah, and nothing would stop him. Yeah, and he would happily do it. Uh, so Brea discovers that there's a chamber underneath in her mother's throne room. And she clues into the fact that the the stratification, the the different Gelfling clans, are sort of a made up thing that the the Skeksis did. And 
she also wakens up this stone golem that lives underneath there that gives her a message that they, she needs to travel to the Circle of the Suns. Um, she's been able to dream fast with Ryan, so she knows that the Skeksis are bastards. Um, there's this big moment where several people are, a bunch of people are dream fasting, and Ryan's passing the message that Agra sort of pulls him into the realm of dreams and shows them visions of what's to come. Uh, but right before she does, Saladin, who's the eldest of Brea's sisters, rejects the the invitation, basically. And yeah. so Agra sends her away. And that basically what? Wait, huh? I actually actually love that moment because she's like, "What are you people doing? Like you're all like you're all just like traitors, and we need to we need, we need to do it do what the Lord's ask." And she's like, Ugh, "All right, fuck off." Yeah, uh. which in hindsight, I understand maybe kind of why she did it, but in hindsight, maybe wasn't the best thing because immediately after that, her mother, the Almadra, goes up and basically tells the Skeksis who were there getting tribute yeah. because they figure, well, if we take seven Gelfling from every clan every year, we can drain them and that'll give us enough essence to keep living. Um, yeah. And the Almadra's like, no, we're not sending anybody to you guys because you guys are fuckers. And the general kills her and Saladin basically stands up, steps up and says, I'll be Almadra and I'll do what you guys say. And well, Here's why I think. Here's why I disagree, and I think it was the right move with Sally. Okay, is she was like at that point she was already convinced, and she was not willing to hear um, anything bad against the Skeksis. So anything they had revealed towards a plan, towards a towards a a resistance, towards any any like important info detail, any important uh, info they would have created. Or that they created in that dreams in that dreamscape would have immediately been leaked to the Skeksis. That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, I mean that's that that's why I think that's why I think it was it was the right move. Like I I, I agree with you that it didn't necessarily end well, but I don't think there was any way for that to end well. That that just because of the nature of all the the nature of the pieces on the board, it's like it's like in 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 chess or something where it's like the this is the move I have to make because this is where the pieces yeah. are. The Skeksis take basically everyone prisoner. Who uh, they are rescued by Lore, the, the Stone Golem, and Deet, Bria, and Ryan, um, basically, and a few others, several others. Journey to the Circle of the Suns, which is in the middle of the Crystal Desert. And there they meet the Skeksi known as the Heretic, who used to be the Conqueror, and the He's my Mystic known as oh, the Wanderer, so much. who basically explain what the fuck's yeah. going on. Now, if you've watched The Dark Crystal... <laughs> uh, <laughs> they do it. They do it with an opera, and then two different puppet shows. <laughs> yeah. They... Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> they uh, they have been... That and the Heretic is uh, voiced by Andy Sandberg. Yes, and the Wanderer is voiced by, I think, Bill Hader. Oh, that actually makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, but the the Heretic and the Wanderer, I think those two are... Well, that the Heretic is probably one of my, fa- one of my favorite new additions to the whole thing. Yeah. Because he is just... He's fantastic. Wonderful. Um, the Skeksis, meanwhile... <laughs> he has a bell in his head. <laughs> the Skeksis, meanwhile, forge an alliance with the Arathim, who are a spider-like race that they originally forced out of the caverns of Grot 
they forged an alliance with them because the Arathim are a hive mind who have the ability to, mm-hmm. with these little, uh, I don't know, larva um, type spider creatures. Yeah, the little, yeah, little, like the like three legged flower spider things, um, but they can, you know, take people over. They can basically, yeah, they can make, take people over. So they, they, uh, they forge an alliance with the Arathim. They also kill all the guards in the Crystal Castle and start draining them of essence uh, because they find out that some of them planned on rebelling. And uh, yeah. they use the Arathim's little spider, like flower spiders, to just go in. This is one of the most horrifying scenes of the series. It's fantastic, though. Uh, they go to, oh. what is it, wood, stone and wood? Yeah. Stone in the wood. Stone in the wood, yeah. And basically take over the entire clan. Uh, with those creatures and just march them to the Crystal Castle. After discovering that they need to go get the dual glaive, well, Ryan, Deet, and Bria initially decide to travel to the, the caverns of Grot, but the hunter shows up and captures Brea, and uh, Hup, trying to defend her, gets slashed. The archer repels him, even though every time he shoots the hunter, it hurts him too. Uh, in the caverns of Grot, they discover the darkening's getting worse. Um, they also convince the Arathim to join up with the Gelflings because they basically figure out that the Skeksis were planning on poisoning the the Arathim with the darkening. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then the World Tree is eaten by those uh, giant larval creatures, and it transfers its power to Deet. Yeah, which which it it calls a, like I know I don't know if this is blessing or curse. Yeah, I think we know it, it starts as a it starts as it starts blessing ish and then kind of goes south. Hard hard curse. Um, hard curse. They do discover that the Madra of the Grottens has half of the dual glaive, and the other half half of the dual glaives in the stone and wood. Um, meanwhile, Saladin goes to the Skeksis and says, hey, you know, uh, there's still several of us that are pretty good. We'll we'll help you kill them. Um, you know, and we'll we'll make sure. I, I don't believe the rumors. And the Skeksis are like, oh, yeah, we, we totally fucking drink in the... No, we totally do that. That's, that's yeah. exactly what we're doing. And uh, we're just going to do it to you. Oh, is that, and... that, that's, that's the point where... Um... Where uh, Saladin comes up, she ke- she offers up uh, these like softer explanations or or uh, like these questions that like basically like still trying to see if they're if they're good. And the emperor's like, no, yeah, and that's literally like the only line he has uh, through like no. half half of it. This is yeah. uh, this moment is both heartbreaking and enraging uh, because of you, you just see. And, and the thing is, Agra actually has her eye. Uh, she's sent her eye that she's able to take out of her head and send off. Yeah. And she's actually spying on this whole scene. And so she's like, Agra's like, oh, this is terrible. This is. Oh, this is. Oh, this is not going to end well. That poor thing. Um, But th- this is the moment where the Skeksis have completely gone off the rails. Uh, and and one of my one of my favorite one another one of my favorite parts of this whole scene is the Chamberlain comes in shortly after this because he's been away he's been a, and he gets attacked Stonewood yeah. who is by Simon Pegg by the yes. way yes and uh, 
he's his first initial response is he's like what the you can just see the the way the puppeteer and stuff did the expressions like what the fuck are you guys doing like <laughs> what the actual fuck have you guys gone nuts <laughs> he's the i would say the 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 Chamberlain may be the only rational one of the, in the entire group. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's only, and I'd say that he's only rational in that he's uh long thinking in how evil he is. Like he is just as, oh, yeah. if yeah, not yeah. in some ways more evil than, than the other. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, but he's I'm just, not suggesting he's not, he's evil. just got, he's just playing the long game. I'm not suggesting like he's playing the long. I'm con. not suggesting he's not evil, but he realizes like we, if we just start killing the Gelflies, really yeah. we're, we're yeah. not going to have any of this after a while. Oh yeah. And I, I, I think that absolutely just lights down to like the, he has been playing the long con for so long that once, once like everybody abandons that, he's like, but I worked so hard. What, the fuck's wrong with you guys yeah it's uh it's fun but but right about that same time uh literally moments after this whole scene uh the hunter shows up with brea except he's dying um the skexies decide to drain the some of the sisters and um what one thing i forgot to note is brea and saladin's middle sister tavra is actually used as the principal host for the little flower creatures. Um, she's the one who kind of traps stone and wood, the stone and wood clan with them initially. Yeah. And she's been bonded with the ones for so long now that they've sort of become one entity. Now, once the Arathim switch over, uh, she herself also is like, Oh yeah. I, and she totally helps them escape, but they're going to drain the, the, two sisters and, and another one to try to revive the hunter. And Agra shows up and is like, Hey, uh, drain me instead. And they yeah. they do. They're able to, uh, pump her essence directly into the hunter. And at first it doesn't seem to work, but later on you discover it does. Um, yeah. The, well, and, and I think one of the things that that's interesting, that's different about Agra's essence than the Gelfling essence is she has to say it's okay. Yeah. She has to do so. If she doesn't do it willingly, then they get nothing. Yeah. Which means that they, which means that they absolutely have to hold to their end of the bargain or they ain't getting shit. Yeah. It does end up working and uh, it takes a while for the hunter to revive. In fact, it's not until the, uh, this is like episode nine. It's not until the, almost the end of the middle of the next episode that he actually comes back to life fully. Um, yeah. But Ryan Deet, a uh, bunch of the Groton, all of the escaped Gelflings, they get, they give word out. There's actually this really cool scene with this light going off because uh, Ryan, once he joins the glaives up, he's able to like sort of communicate with all of the, the different uh, Gelfling clans in the, through a fire. Yeah. And, uh, he basically calls them to to war, and so the Skeksis put on their armor and they leave their castle to go put down this rebellion, and they they have a battle. And it's shown that the, the Skeksis actually, when they try, are actually pretty. Like, if you're willing to suspend your disbelief about the fact that they're you know puppets, yeah. um, they're pretty badass fighters. Well, and, and it's not hard to the way they present everything in the in the in the series. I, I don't think it's hard to just suspend your disbelief yeah. whatsoever. 
I never, yeah. once they got going, I didn't ever think, oh, they're just puppets. Uh, it was usually after an episode ended or I was reflecting on it later the next day or something where I was like, oh, yeah. that was a really cool uh, puppetry. Um, I, I think if, yeah. you, if, you, yeah. if you have just a spark of imagination, you can accept that. But, ha you have stepped into my trap, Frank. Yes. I like to set in traps. My trap. It basically deals with the, 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 the Gartham when you were like the, no, they're stupid. They can't block into things. And I'm like, oh, Frank, I'll murder you. Well, we haven't. In the last one. We, ha- we still haven't seen the Gartham in action. What We're getting to that, though. Um, yeah. So this, they are able to fight off the Skeksis. Uh, the Emperor tries to use some of the Darkening to, to kill a bunch of the, the Gelflings, but Deet's able to absorb it and send it back, and she kills the yeah, Collector. She, yeah, she... But at the cost of, she herself is now completely corrupted yes, by the dark. She's corrupted and she wanders off alone. Uh, the hunter wakes up at this point. And he shows up, and he gets Ryan, and he's gonna kill him. And the only thing that stops him is the fact that the archer's like, you know what? There's and the archer's like, there's only one way that I can, there is one thing I can do to defeat him. And 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 the thing is, is that like you kind of think for a bit because he goes out to the edge of the circle of the sun uh-huh. and he's kind of like he kind of think he kind of like he's using his, his bow as a walking stick yeah and he's kind of like there and you're like oh he's gonna like do some amazing archery thing or some like some something like that there like he's gonna do some kind of crazy mystic magic some kind of archery thing yeah and no he does something more unexpected yeah and far more devastating to his dark self. Yes. He uh, he jumps off. Yep. Like, he literally sacrifices his life to destroy his dark half. And the thing that, like, one of the things that's interesting is the the mystics, and it, it's it's basically stated that the mystics and the, and the Skeksis don't, at this point in time, they don't really accept the idea that they're, they're parts of the same half. Um, well, it, it, it seems like the, the, the mystics do slightly more, but they're but they're sort of so passive that they're kind of that they're waiting. They're, they're the, like we're waiting for the right time. Um, we got to wait wait for our we got to wait for our, our whatever. But one th- one thing that happens with Agra's essence being put into the hunter is it of course it keeps the archer alive. But one of the side effects of that is he's actually able to see through the hunter's eyes. And he makes that, and you see a little bit of it. Um, and when he wakes up and goes to the edge, Hup asks him, like, what are you doing? And his response is, I can see through my other half's eyes. And this is the only way to stop him. And that's when he falls off. And Woo. it's a fantastic scene. It's like, it's, it is, it is, it's, it's kind of, it's triumphant and heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah. Like, which, which honestly, I think that could be the way I would describe this entire series. Yeah, is it is triumphant and heartbreaking at the same time. While all of this go- is going on, the scientist who was not allowed to go to the battle because he's weak, um, he and- well, at, le- at least according to everyone else. Yes, that we're just I'm just going with what what the, what the other Skeksis say about him. Yeah, I know, um, but it's like the like he he's I mean. It's so one where we don't actually we don't actually see, and Skeksis tend to be assholes. That's true. And this is this is very true. The scientist, yeah. uh, 
he ends up creating the Gartham at this point. Um, he ends up killing a couple of creatures called the Grunax, who are a nearly extinct race. Who They find a couple of them who are given to him by the Chamberlain. Um, they're trying to escape, and so he ends up killing them and using them with an Arathim and combining them to turn into the Gartham. Um, and so that's like the big reveal kind of there at the end. And then also Deet, like wandering off alone with all the corruption in her face. And that's basically yeah. how the series well, is. Well, and, and, and Rianne kind of really, and, and, and Rianne really wanting to follow after Deet. Yeah. Like, but she, but she basically starts corrupting the way behind her so that he can't follow. Yeah. So that is, uh, in a nutshell, the plot line to the series, given in a in a in a thirty minute diatribe. Yeah, that is the uh, best we can do to summarize a uh, nine hour series. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought we did pretty good. I didn't, not too bad. So, yeah, there are uh, the acting and and the performances in this series are fantastic. Uh, the voice acting, yeah, I, I, the puppeteering. I honestly can't think of a of a weak weak performance. No, I um, agree with that. Everyone was at least was at least good, if not fantastic. Yeah, you could also tell that the 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 vast majority of the cast were very happy to be there. Yeah, like they were really, really like. Well, if you think about they really it, wanted how, to how that. many of these how many of these people were kids when the Dark Crystal came out? Uh, I mean, I think almost every single one of them, with the exception of maybe Dark Mark Hamill and and a few of the the yeah. folks in their late fifties and early sixties. So, uh, I'm positive, like Andy Samberg and Bill Hader and all of those guys probably watched it. Well, while and they were and, growing and up. also one of the things I wanted to mention the the uh the ritualist, the guy that handles the the rituals or whatever. Yes. Um, he is voiced by Keegan Michael Keys. Yeah. Which is awesome because I love that guy, and so, uh, and so this whole, so all of these people that are are working on it, they watch this TV series come up, going up. And so, if, like, if someone said, "Hey, do you want to, you know, do you want to be, do you want to take be part of this thing we're doing, uh, based off something you really liked as a kid?" I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it!" Oh, what uh, the, the guy who played uh, Rianne, who was also who was also the guy from. Uh, the uh, I'll, Kingsman. I'll get him. His, I'll get his name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. But he's, he's, the, he's the the young dude from the Kingsman. Um, uh, I watched Taren, the. I watched Taron Egerton. What is who it is? Yeah. I watched the sort of making of uh, featurette thing that's on Netflix as well. And I was and I was going to watch afterwards. that, and I completely I completely dropped the ball on that. Yeah. I well I I did so um so I, I watched it and there was there was, there was like a lot of a lot of good stuff most of it I don't remember but he he in particular was one that he was talking about you know how excited he'd been and how like you know he'd uh, how he'd grown up he'd grown up with this and he'd yeah. had like the art books as a kid and it was just you know or uh, there was somebody who was talking about how they kept going to check out the art books from the library like over and over again <laughs> yeah i yeah not surprised this it's it's one of those scenes where it's, you know, I, I guarantee it's a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I, I definitely want to be part of this because this is something that I remember from my childhood. You know, it's. Yeah. And so it's not it's not a surprise at all to me that, that this is that there's so many people and there there's just a ton of people, voice actors, puppeteers, 
uh, really made yeah. this come to life. Now, themes. This is thick with themes, and oh yeah, um, like I mean, like we could devote an entire podcast, and I, I like a second podcast just to the themes I debated, in this show. I debated taking less emphasis on the on the uh, plot and the performances and putting more emphasis on the themes, but. Uh, we didn't end up doing that. So we didn't do that. So yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So basically this first off, there's a, the whole idea of class stratification. Uh, the Skeksis are clearly on top. They're clearly in control of the world. Uh, the Gelflees are sort of in the, in the center. They, they're the ruling class, but they're also the classes below the ruling class. And when I say that, the, when I say they're the ruling class, they, the Skeksis are in charge, but they're sort of the power behind the throne. Um, I don't. A good way to put it is that they would be the the emperor. The Skeksis would be the emperor of ancient Rome, while the 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 Gelflings would be the senatorial class and the uh, equine classes, which doesn't mean much. But basically, the the Skeksis are in charge, but they don't rule directly. They rule through other people. And the, the Gelflings are the ones that, yeah. that rule over everyone else. Because, well, really, they're lazy and they just demand other people to do shit for them. Exactly. And uh, they're on the very bottom uh, are basically the slaves, which are, in this case, would be the podlings. Um, yeah. Poor uh, little podlings. They're not considered worth considering, basically. It's pretty obvious that th- this is the case. and. The, you see a little bit of the dynamics of that with the with the with the yearly tithe that the Gelflings give. Yeah, the Skeksis are like, you've got to give the tithe. You know, there's, it's got to be you've got to give this much, and if not, then I'm going to take your wife's heirloom. But they still dole it out as gifts. The Gelflings didn't care. They're they're not interested necessarily in the material shit that the Gelflings make. Uh, they're mostly interested yeah. in the uh, food and and finery and stuff like that that they can they can get from them uh yeah so well and i think there's also just the power trip of i've forced you to give me these things yeah but one of the one of the things that's super uh telling to me there's there's a couple of moments um we already mentioned the one and that's where saladin goes to the gelflings and they're like fuck off we're totally evil um that's sort of the that's sort of the, the the straw breaking the camel's back moment. But before that, there's several moments where, like, the guards uh, in, in the beginning, the first episode, in fact, are, are sitting there, you know, sort of going through and doing their routine with the Gelflings getting in their, their uh, carriage. And the Gelflings are just basically ripping on... Oh, sorry, the Skeksis are basically just ripping on the Gelflings. Just yeah. right and left, and the, the guards are just basically ignoring that fact, and the fact that they just ignored you know, it. A, a way a way to think about it um, is it's kind of like when you're you're the one outside your boss's your boss's uh, door, mm-hmm. like you're the you're like you're like you're the one like sitting there, like you're said the boss's secretary or whatever. And you hear him on the phone because he left the door open and is doing it loudly. Yeah. Like, talking about how fucking lazy all these all these bastards are. 
that are that are working here you know that 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 work here like there's not a single good person here everybody's just a bunch of everybody's just a bunch of greedy assholes and and uh and they're trying to to take away the heart like my hard-earned shit and 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 whatever and i think that's that's uh yeah you're you're right that is is kind of like they, they basically just take it they, they... Yeah, I mean, because well, this is the, they kind of have to. Well, and I would also imagine that they are probably pretty damn desensitized to verbal abuse. Yeah, as guards of the Skeksis. Oh yeah, I would. I suspect they would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's that aspect, and then of course that goes on throughout, especially the first few episodes. But then you get to that moment in the, towards the end of the end of the season where Saladin goes in and she's trying to appease them. And the Skeksis are like, nah, nah, no, we're uh, assholes and we're evil. So fuck off. Let's suck the, uh, the life out of her. Um, another note, uh, ecological catastrophe. (laughs) The Skeksis have basically used the primary resource of the planet, which is the, Bit crystal of truth. Yeah, the crystal of truth. To the point where it yeah. is actually corrupting the planet and destroying it. Um, yeah, well, it, it's run out of it's run out of energy to draw from, and is just sort of eating itself. Exactly. They immediately turn around and start sucking the life out of the Gelflings. Um Yeah, because they're like, well, we, well, we run out of here, so let's just go to the next thing. Yeah. Well, I, and then. And and then when you watch in the movie, they're doing it to podlings. Yeah. The one difference though is so, the podlings don't explode into nothing like the the Gelflings do. I'm 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 thinking that's probably a modification to the machine. That's possible. Um, because right now, because right now they don't give a shit about having additional bodies to do things. That's that's a fair point. Yeah, they they don't care about that. So like the fact that it blows them up, that's convenient because it gets rid of evidence. Yeah. But I figure, you know, in after because well, the movie takes place like what a few hundred years after. Or I would guess, based off things, that the movie only takes place maybe a hundred years after. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, I I think we just need to look and see when the Gartham War happened because that's what's ha- that's the next that's going to be the next big event that we deal with in the in the continuity of the series. Yeah, and it's it's the last big event. Um, before the the actual movie. Well, I I, I I suspect the Gartham War will be part of this series. Uh, if it's not yeah. next season, no, I, it'll I, be the season after. Yeah. Um, but my my impression is that this is the some of the 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 folks in this series are the parents of Jen and Kira in the in the crystal in the in the film. Um, yeah, I think that's that's that seems that seems likely. Um, we don't we but don't really me... know how long it takes the Gelflings to reach age of maturity. I mean, our, our natural assumption would be like eighteen to twenty years because that's just how long it takes humans. But maybe it takes fifty years or something. Um, and they 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 keep timing a little bit differently as well because they have three sons to deal with instead of instead of one. Yeah. So it's. It, it's hard to say, but that would be that. That's the impression I get, um, without going to uh, secondary sources like the comic books and stuff, which are considered canon. But 
ha- not having read those, I don't know exactly where we're at in, in as far as the timeline goes. Um, well, I'm actually looking up the timeline right now. So you, you move on to the next thing, and then I'll come back with it. A... Uh, well, the, I, I've looked up the timeline, too, and it doesn't give hard dates for anything, at least the official one that's on the website. Uh, the Revolution. Revolution is the next one, which is basically the Gelflings saying, hey, let's overthrow the fucking Skeksis because they're evil. This is interesting to me as well because I don't get the impression necessarily that most of the Gelflings care to have the Podlings join in on this revolution. Now, they've they've accepted... Uh, Hup? They, well, they've accepted well, no, Hup, actually, no. but they've also accepted a, a treaty with the, Gar- with the Arathim as well. Um which I think they consider to be somewhat equal, if not very weird. Uh, but, but there's this idea of revolution, that the, the Skeksis should no longer be in charge of the world, which is true, um, and that the the Gelflings should, uh, the, the artificial uh, stratification of their society that the, the Skeksis imposed, you know, thousands of years before, should be done away with. We just barely see the beginning of this, this this idea in this film or in this season. I think it'll probably be explored more uh, in the next in the next season and the seasons after. Yeah, I mean, we know how it turns out, but uh, and and along with that is the idea of equality between the Gelfling clans and that they they it's an artificial there's an artificial class system set up within the Gelflings themselves and. The final the final theme that really comes out is Agra and uh, the uh, shirking of one's duty, the the avoidance of something that has to be done, uh, one's obligations, which which comes out from her hibernating for centuries. Yeah, well, and and one of the other things with uh, with when talking about uh, with Agra and the Agra and shirking. And shirking her duty is that she either she either genuinely thought or talked herself into the idea that this was a good thing. Yes, because she was going to see the secrets of the stars and she was going to bring them back to Thra and she was going to strengthen and 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 make Thra more wise and yes and, and all of that. Like she had, she was not a bad actor. She did not have bad intentions, no. but she royally fucked up. Yeah, and she realizes it almost immediately. Like as soon as she, yeah, as soon as she wakes up and and uh, goes and sees the crystal, her her whole response is like, "Well, this is this is not good." Like, and she blames the Skeksis, and rightfully so, because they they lied to her. But at the same yeah. time, had she and, not... and well, and 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 they were supposed to take. They were supposed to basically be uh, steward, like it, be stewards to her queen. Like yeah. they were supposed to take care of shit, and yeah. they didn't. They did the exact opposite of taking care of shit. Yeah, they uh, they well they they took care of it right to the point of destruction. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's also one more one more thing before we move on. Okay. That I I thought of and I desperately wanted to talk about but forgot to put down. Okay. What what is and it? that is tragedy because it's one I talked to you about and I've talked to people about. Yes. But. I think is important to talk about. I think is important an important theme of the of the show, because this show is a prequel. Yes, 
And this is show is a prequel where we know that there are some characters, there's some of the Skeksis that die. Yeah. There are um there are the vast majority of Gelfling, like all of them but two. Yes. That die. There is a lot of there's a lot of things like that. And for me, and even though he is absolutely terrible, one of the things that led me to this whole tragic uh the tragedy um angle there's when I mean, all those scenes with the emperor who is desperately trying and who is desperately trying to do whatever it takes, yeah. particularly when he's talking about over the corpse of the hunter and it says we have to be immortal, whatever it takes. We cannot die. Yeah. We cannot die. And then you think that at the very in the first five minutes of the movie. He dies. He dies. And he, he dies. He not just dies. Like he turns to dust. Dies. And not, not not even just that. But had he been able to. Uh, get up out of bed and make it into the the chamber of the crystal, and and take in the uh, the power of the suns. He would have lasted another day or two. He would have lasted a little while yeah. longer. Had he actually been able to get up at the beginning of the film and do that, he would have lived a little bit longer. But he was to the yeah. point where he couldn't anymore. His body. Uh, was just too broken and aged and yeah. corrupted. Why? Well, I- I think you could also see that he, uh, he like obviously, um, the the whole weight of the darkening affected him all the way down the line. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah, but like, th- there's just this this tragedy that's overhanging the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That that is kind of fascinating because normally there's the prequel problem of I know what's going to happen, so why should I care? Yeah. I... And this show has found ways to make you care about... I think one of the things about this uh, yeah. series in, in the original film is you don't know why in the original film. There's a huge question of why things happened the way they did. And that's one of the ways I think this series is able to avoid the prequel problem is it's able yeah. to answer why. Well, uh, it's able to answer why, and I think they use why... As that's the question that hooks you in, and then they pull you further in with with the characters. Yes, like because once they've got you with the why, they get you with these characters, and then by the end, even though like yeah, you know what's going to happen to them, you care a lot more about them. Yeah, just you know, just just because now you are invested, now you're invested in them. Yeah. So it it's it's well done. Um observations um you only have one that written here but you i only have made, one we've both made some as we've as we've talked well, it was so. my favorite my the favorite one it's during the podling cleaning scenes uh-huh. which happened during podling cleaning season which by the way apparently wasn't originally like written or the plan it was something that sort of like snowballed off of ideas from the puppeteers and and everybody like the 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 writers sort of threw out half an idea and then everybody just rolled with it, and suddenly it goes from like, oh, and they're like cleaning a podling or something. And, to, and it's like, this is podling cleaning season. <laughs> to like, we have to clean all the podlings because. Yeah, because they're filthy little monsters. <laughs> but my fa- one of my favorite moments in the entire in the entire series is just that moment with that overhead shot of the the podling making the dirt angel <laughs> like just rubbing his little le- his little arms and legs as fast as he possibly can he's got this dust cloud going and he just looks so 
joyously happy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it just it warms my heart. It makes me so so glad. The Podlings are, are some of the more sympathetic characters we have. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, and they're just kind of they're just fun to watch. Yeah. Like I don't think I could do a show with Podlings. But like little, like just a bunch of little, sh- if there was a show of tiny shorts that were all just the podling, like different podlings doing different things as shorts, yeah, I think I would really enjoy that. Or like a series of YouTube videos where it's all just like podlings doing weird shit. That would be funny. So or like Hup doing a like Hup doing a a a, a vlog. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Hup on his way to being a paladin. So theories, uh, and these aren't even insane Thanos theories. These are just theories. I, I already threw the one out. Uh, Jen is the yeah. son of Ryan, and Kira is the son, daughter of Brea. Um, I guess it's possible that they're brother and sister. That would just make our the ending of our last uh, podcast on this, uh, on the on the film. That would just make it even funnier about the small genetic pool that they have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of like for me because of how because of like how they kind of set things up and the way I've seen it played in other kind of fantasy novels. Uh-huh. Um, I think the the way the romance is likely to go is Rianne is going to um, pine after Deet. He's yeah, going to try to I agree with that. he's going to try to get he's going to try to try to save Deet. Uh-huh. He's going to fail. And then I think Brea is actually like. Then I think he and Brea might actually um, end up together. It's possible. And if that's the case, then I think Kira would probably be the daughter of Saladin and whoever. I don't think they're brother and sister. <laughs> I I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong, but uh, I don't think they are. The other one, and this is just me pontificating because we don't we don't know what happens to them at this point. Um, uh, what we do know with the Earth, the uh, Skeksis and, and Mystics are they're originally eighteen. Uh, I, you, no, I know this because I looked looked into this quite a bit. They're originally eighteen. Yeah. Uh, two died uh, immediately on the at the division, so that left with sixteen. Uh, of that, three more die in the series. So now we're down to thirteen. At the beginning of the. Uh, movie, there's ten, and then the emperor dies immediately, which leaves us with nine, if I remember correct. Maybe it was nine, and then down to eight. So at least three or four more need have to die between this end of season one and the beginning of the Dark Crystal. Um, yeah. Well, I think one of them dies at the end of this. Like I think it's the snot face. Maybe. Yeah, that I'm counting her. There's because there's three. There's the general, her, and the hunter all die in this in this season. Yeah, which is weird because I remember the hunt like the the general's in. No, that is not the general. Wait. He's the Gartham master. He's a completely different character. They actually refer to ah. him. <laughs> they actually refer to him okay. in a couple of scenes because he's not. Okay. He's not there at the. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's just well, I I, I think I think the only reason I'm, I'm a little confused by that is when he took the helmet off. They looked really fucking all similar. <laughs> like they had the same haircut and a very similar um, design of the the head. It's this is why I was confused. It's it's true. It's true. They uh they do look very similar, but yeah. So they go from eighteen to I think nine or maybe it's eight. I can't remember. I'd have to double check the the count in the in the film. Um, but 
but my theory is that the heretic and wanderer, instead of dying, uh, find a way to rejoin each other without the conjunction. Without uh, yeah, dealing with the conjunction. I think it's wishful thinking. Cool. I think it's wishful thinking. I think they probably get killed. <laughs> they probably, yeah, they probably get killed by the guards. Well, you know, or... I, the the other option, the other option that I that I kind of like and kind of want want to be the case uh-huh. is that the is that they still merge with everybody else. They're just still over in the circle of the sun during that whole uh, during the whole conjunction ceremony uh-huh. fusion thing. So they're just like, and so like afterwards, they're just like, "Hey, hey guys, hey guys, I'm catching up, I'm catching up. Come on, guys, wait for me." So anyway, uh, final thoughts. This is a fantastic series. You should watch it. Uh, it personally, yeah. it enraged me at moments. Uh, I felt invested with the characters. I really, some of the the th- themes really annoy. I shouldn't say annoyed mm-hmm. me. Made me angry. Uh, sort of got the blood pumping, but. But uh, this series is fantastic uh, for for older kids. It's definitely worth sitting down and watching with them. If you love the the movie, if you like the movie, you should watch the series. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Um. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. So, John. So, I know that this particular episode, I've been arguably more subdued. Uh, than I normally am. Is it's I've been? Is it because you uh, are? Uh... Well, that was dead last week. Shut up. Oh, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Um, but like that, I've I've been more subdued. I've been a little quieter, and I haven't been quite gushing the way I do when I really like something. Yeah, that has everything to do with the fact that I don't feel good. It has nothing to do with how much I fucking love this show. Yeah. I watched it for the second time. And as I watched like as I watched it for the first time, I was like, this is a really good show. I like this show. This is really good. As I watched it the second time, I legitimately fell in love with everything. Yeah. Like the this is this is this is one of my this is one of my big ones now. This is one of the ones where I I even considered if they bring out some kind of like disc disc thing there with like special features and stuff, I may need to pick it up. Yeah. Um because this series just it ticks so many of my boxes, but it's also this is and I think the thing that comes clearest through this whole deal is this show like the movie before it is a labor of love. Yeah, yeah. Like every aspect of this shows this profound love and care and concern, not just for the little details of the puppets, not just for how it looks, but for how, how, like the story that's being told. Every screen, every shot tells you a piece of this story. Like I, I know, like the one complaint that I had of the original is that there were at times it felt like it was kind of uh, indulging itself. This one is doing a lot of the same things, but every single, every view, every look, every monster, every bug, every twitch of every twitch of every puppet, yeah, is there and is load bearing. 
it is all just telling us these these stories and they are and they are not willing to let anything slow down how much this story is 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 giving us yeah this is a true masterwork and if you think of it that way and you look at it as a true piece of art and not just as some show that I'm going to watch, then you will see what I see. Yeah. But this is a master work of art. And that's what I have to say about that. There you go, folks. Go watch this show. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Commies. And with that, that's our show. Relevant to Our Interests is hosted by John Pelliston and Frank Shaw. Produced and edited by Frank Shaw. The music arranged by Frank Shaw. Scripting by John Pelliston and Frank Shaw. Graphic design by Frank Shaw and Nathan Newell. You can contact us at relevanttourinterests at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and what used to be Twitter. John and Frank are on many other social media platforms. Hit us up. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs>